Hello and welcome to Cage Club. Two fans, more than 100 movies, one cage. This is episode 112, The Old Way from 2023. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. I think this might be the first 2023 movie covered by the network because there's only been Ooh. like a dozen or a couple dozen you know what i mean like, yeah it's yeah. brand new we're still in the we're still in january yep janny doggy i was trying to think of one <laughs> to, to, to steal a scott ackerman quote <laughs> yeah. but we are here finally after 111 oh, episodes or whatever 112 episodes or whatever number i just said yep western cage you here got your wish are. i couldn't believe it so i think way back when we started one of the two things I really wanted to see Cage do was be a pirate and be a cowboy. And we kind of got him dressed as a pirate for Halloween in the ghost movie. Prisoners pay, of the Ghostland? Pay the Ghost. Oh, Pay the Ghost. Yes. And then here he is in, in full Western style. Very cool. And the thing that I've wanted forever is Cage in a musical. And apparently like in the last month or two, he's come out and said, you know, I'd really like to do a musical. And he wants to do Jesus Christ Superstar and play Judas, right? Whoa. So, yeah. Crazy. We're all getting our wishes come We've, true. We really are. We are here. So, okay. Hmm. The Old Way from this year in theaters somewhat. We watched it VOD because right. it was in one theater Near like us. an hour from both of us. <laughs> and we're just like, well, let's we'll just get together yeah, and watch it here. As bad as I want to. Go see it in theaters, you know. Right. <laughs> Directed by Brett Donahue, written by Carl W. Lucas, an old gunslinger and his daughter must face the consequences of his past when the son of a man he murdered years ago arrives to take his revenge. Yes. Not a great movie, but yeah. nice to see Cajun Western. There's a lot of things I did like about the movie, but the one thing I didn't love too much was how kind of ordinary it was. Story-wise, mm -hmm. uh, very easy to kind of track what was going to be going on. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of twists and turns. Uh, very kind of classic. You might say even like kind of wrote, like seen this one a billion times. But the fun is Cage for sure. Yep. Cage, you could tell he's been waiting to do this Western. Like I felt like he was pouring it all in to this performance. And The Vistas, beautiful looking movie and shot in a beautiful part of America. So if I'm understanding this right, this was shot on Taylor Sheridan's Yellowstone Ranch, which he bought a couple, like several hundred, if not thousands of acres out in Montana, which is where he films Yellowstone in 1883 and all those spin-offs and whatever. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, he doesn't have to rent, he doesn't have to pay to rent any of that stuff. He just owns it all. Yeah. And so any profits they get, he just, you know, funnels back into his productions. And then I didn't realize, I was saying this as we watched it, that like I didn't think of the idea that he could rent out his own land for other productions because, yeah. you know, there's the aerial shots of just like the, the untouched seemingly like forest glen mm -hmm. and just, you know, this old timey town that you can prop up on like a quarter acre somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, it's it's amazing and it looks really, really nice. Yeah, that was uh, really cool. Hopefully they'll be making a lot more Westerns become more in vogue because of that show and because of the you know, the availability of this space mm -hmm. now to shoot. It's like, yeah, just shoot them all there. That's, or at least all the ones that take place in the North. Um, now it's not quite Deadwood, this movie, you know, it doesn't have like the grit and the grime and the grunge exactly, but otherwise like it still looks really good. Yes. Um, oh, I do want to say before we get too far into it, we got another, we got an email here. Oh, sweet. So it's two podcasts today, two different emails. We got this from, I don't know what his name is. I don't know what their name is from rambunctious owl press which is rambunctious owl press.blogspot.com a little bit of self-promotion here but hey you know we're gonna read it on it's all good subject line love the podcast sharing a zine wanted to say that i mm. love the cage club podcast i've been listening to each episode as i watch the new cage movies in watching the movies i started a zine each issue is focused on art and writing around an individual cage movie 
Thought I'd share the zine with your podcast, rambunctiousowlpress.blogspot.com. So if you want even more Ooh. Cage content, go check that out. Thank All you for right. whoever this was who emailed us in and for your shameless self-promotion. But there you go. <laughs> hey, and it's all Cage. It's all good. I'm going to go there and print some out. I like the, I love zines, mini comics, whatever it is. So cast of note here, we obviously have Nicholas Cage. We have mm-hmm. Dick Searcy as the marshal. He plays... Uh, Timothy Oliphant's boss in Justified, also a marshal there, um, which is kind of exciting. We've got Noah LaGrosse, who played Joey, my titular Joey, <laughs> in A Score to Settle. Crazy. But the star of the show, I think, is Ryan Kiera Armstrong, who plays Brooke Briggs, Cage's daughter. And I was saying to you that she plays Zac Efron's daughter, so she's really network royalty for playing. Yeah. I've only seen her in two movies, I think, and she has played the daughter of two people mm-hmm. that I've seen in every one of their movies. Well, it's funny you should say network royalty because I feel like there's some in here too. Mr. Clint Howard uh, of course. Makes, an appear- makes a big appearance, has a big role. I thought she was good. She, you know, definitely um, holds her own as the only child in this movie, mm-hmm. acting opposite lots of adult men. Uh, so definitely has a strong presence. Definitely one of the weirdest scenes in a movie in a long time. Um, when she's learning to cry. Mm-hmm. Wow, wow, my baby, my baby. And like instantly I was like, make that, get that, capture that, make that a meme or a gif or something. Because that is just instantly like bizarre. I will see what I can do. I will say <laughs> she's also in Black Widow. Oh. She plays young Antonia or Antonia who plays who's o- oh. Olga Kurilenko, who okay. is the Bond girl from Quantum of Solace. All right. So, so she's the young version of the, the flashbacks. The one that Black Widow bombs. I think so. <laughs> I believe so. And she's also in It Chapter Two. Oh. I don't know who I she thought... plays. Oh, she's Victoria Fuller. I don't know who that is, but she's like 30th build there. But, like, she's been fairly prominent in mm. three movies. I mean, she's basically the star of Firestarter. She's kind of, like, the, like the co-star mm-hmm. in this, right? So, like, mm-hmm. this girl who's probably, let's see, is there an age I'd, on her? I'd say she's number two on the call sheet. She's definitely, definitely number two on the call sheet. Ryan so, Kier Armstrong. She was in Firestarter and It. I wonder if she'll be in another Stephen King movie. Was born March 10th, almost happy birthday, in 2010 in New York City. So she is gonna be 13 this year so she was probably 12 ish when she shot this or maybe Mm -hmm. 11 okay yeah i think Um, this shot over the pandemic so 11 or 12 yeah so shout out to her the only other background of note i told you this before i started recording Mm -hmm. oh filming occurred in montana so they were filming in october 2021 so she would have been almost 12 she's 11 in October, the film's crew members complained about property key assistant and armorer Hannah Gutierrez Reed's handling of firearms, including an incident in which she discharged a weapon without warning and caused Nicolas Cage to walk off set. Oh. Gutierrez Reed would later work as armorer on the set of Rust and be a principal character in the shooting incident that killed Helena Hutchins and wounded director Joel Souza. Damn, I didn't know that about, um, like... The discharge on the cage show and everything. And there are so many guns in this movie. And the squibs are big and violent looking. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's wild. I mean, there's a certain... I I know that, you know, I I don't want to get into the conversation there because I don't know enough about it. But I know that there was a lot of conversation about, like, how Rust seemed to be cutting corners and stuff like that. And I would imagine, you know, historically, the last... 10, 15 years, Nicolas Cage's movies do not have the biggest budgets. Right. But I feel like when you bring him in there, there is an expectation that you are going to run a professional set. And if like there's people just sort of not doing things the right way, I understand that he would be, you know, furious, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think that this movie had bigger 
goals in mind, you know, like I, I had a, I have a feeling that they thought it was going to get like a longer theatrical release. Like there's parts of it that feel really polished and parts of it that still feel kind of like not ready. So it's an interesting mix to watch. This Honestly, time. the fact that this was theatrically released at all, I think is very kind of cool and surprising because mm-hmm. it feels like a VOD. Like it feels like a very nice VOD, like straight. I mean, again, in an era where everything like where Netflix is paying hundreds of millions of dollars for straight, right. like it, it's hard to, you know what I mean? But I feel like in the historical archetypal Nicolas Cage VOD score to settle. Right. Hungry like, Rabbit Jumps, like all those kind of things. Like this is yeah, one of the, the better day. looking ones, I think. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think you're right there. Like for me, I think they really pushed the score. The score feels super cinematic and like maybe they went overboard and it just feels a little like, I don't know, like deflated since you're watching it at home for the first time. It just has more of that like epic scale because of the like the views and all that kind of thing. So I'm glad it did get a theatrical release, but ultimately you're right. Like at the end of the day, uh, this is more in line with sort of, you know, the heyday of his VOD stuff, you know. So this movie was shot by shot by someone, Sean Michel, S-I-O-N-M-I-C-H-E-L, uh, who does not have a ton of solo cinematography credits to his name. Okay. Um, but he is known for his cinematography work with Dion Beebe in Memoirs of a Geisha and Collateral. Oh. And he's also worked on a bunch of Hong Kong films, including projects with Spielberg, Rob Marshall, Toyota, and Nike. So like, nice. he's like an up and coming kind of, you know, cinematographer. And again, I think the best thing about this movie is the way it looks. And so yeah. part of that is the, ca- like the the location, but part of it is just, you know, he captured it well. It's hard too sometimes to point a camera and miss a shot when you're working with like all that nice uh, wilderness and mm. everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that's half of like I guess what made John Ford such a great director is like he went out into the valley and just put the camera in the spot like in real life instead of using studios. And it's like that's half the work is already done. Did you see the Fablemans? No, but I know you know about, the thing. I know the thing. Okay. <laughs> it's amazing. Spoilers. I saw, the, I saw the clip. Spoilers for the very end of the Fablemans. It's not really a spoiler for the movie because it doesn't matter. But like at the very end of the Fablemans, Spielberg meets John Ford as played by David Lynch, yeah. and it's wild. And there's like a full on record scratch, and like I just like the the idea where he's like, "You're now going to meet the world's greatest director," and technically he's meeting David Lynch. Yeah, <laughs> so they're not <laughs> so wrong. That's, that's Spielberg saying like. I consider you the world's greatest director. He's not wrong. Nope. It was just his birthday. Happy birthday to David Lynch. Yeah, big big month for birthdays between mm. Cage and Elvis right? and Lynch and my dad. <laughs> just throw that one in there. Uh, favorite parts, favorite moments, favorite parts, things in oh, yeah. the old way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So definitely the opening, his mustache. Like freaking... Before the 20 years later. So I couldn't believe after 20 years later, he looks younger. Yeah. And I kept saying to you like... He should have just had grown the mustache to show the length of time pass because that is like a dangly mustache. Like it's like it's like curtains, you know, it's like one of those mustaches that falls all the way down over your lips, down yeah. to your chin. Yeah. I don't know how you even come up with that. I don't know. It's it's wild. It's a very intense, powerful mustache that is not on the poster. We're like, oh, uh-huh. Uh, yeah, that, that is a very, he kills five people in the first five minutes of the movie. His body count by the end is, I think, at least nine. At least. He also, spoilers, dies. Oh yeah. Cage death. I feel like it's been more common lately, but for a while we were like, oh, there's not very many, but he's probably up like 10 or 15 ish deaths Mm -hmm. now, I would say. Right. So yeah, for hundred movies, that's, that's not terrible. No, no. Big daddy. One of the most recognizable, Mm -hmm. memorable deaths. But like, yeah, I think he got to a point where he was like, you know, uh, 
let's do this for a while. Like, I'll die in a bunch of movies now. Well, there's also the fact that, like, he dies with, like, I don't know, 90 seconds left to go. It's not like he's, he dies mm-hmm. and then the movie continues. It's like, no, this is the end of the movie. So, yeah, that's true. Reminds me of, like, that that one post-apocalyptic movie I was waiting and waiting and waiting for. And it finally came out. It was horrible, except for when the guy, like, put the piece of toast over his eye with the tape or whatever. Oh. And then he gets, and then Cage gets, like, shot in the head in the last five minutes of that movie. Yep. Oh, man. That movie was called, drumroll please, The Humanity Bureau. (laughs) The Humanity Bureau. Very nice. (laughs) There's a lot of movies that I'm like, ooh, I don't remember if this is it or not. Like Between Worlds, I think that's where, oh, that's where he's a Satanist or he like, he's the motorcyclist. He's the... He's the bad boy. There's like there's fire in that movie. What? Oh, right, right, right. Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, there's oh boy, there's a lot that's, of movies. That that's I, the one where um, where he reads the book of poetry by Nick Cage. Mm, yes, that was insane. Yes, insane. I. You know, there was a time when we were doing this podcast where we would like watch these, and then we would basically sort of in quick succession do like a Cage Club revisited. And like I feel like I would have it fresh in my head, but like a lot of these ones in the last five ish years, I'm like, ooh, I don't remember much about these <laughs> at all. Yeah, I mean, they've been coming so fast, too. Like, yeah. you know, there was that one year we had, like, six movies, and he's got at least a movie or two a year, and, you know, all the other shows and movies we watch and do podcasts for, like, it's bound to sort of take a back seat here and there. But I mm-hmm. always remember, like, a moment or two from something, even if I can't remember the name of it, I'll be like, what about, like, I just did, like, what, you know, this movie where the guy puts toast on his face. Right. <laughs> so there's a, there's a handful of movies he still has coming out soon. There's Butcher's Crossing, which I think is another Western, I believe, right? Get In the 1870s, out. a young Harvard dropout seeks his destiny out West. What? That's Heyman Rachel Keller. Okay. Oh, also, most notably for her, in A Man Called Otto, the new Tom oh, Hanks wow. film. She's got double duties. Uh, he's also going to be in Renfield out in April. He's going to be in Sympathy for the Devil in 2023. So, yeah, there's there's a handful of movies he's got coming out. But, yeah, that, they're, they're all probably going to come out this year. So that's four, including The Old Way, in 23. And that's not counting the things that we don't know about yet, that haven't been announced yet, that haven't, right. you know, been added to his letterboxers IMDb yet. So... Man is working once again, because last year, I think the only thing last year was Massive Talent. Yeah, yeah. But the good thing about that was it was sort of like his, like a return to form for most people in in terms of like reminding you, yeah, Nick Cage is still here. He's uh, He's got a movie in theaters again this mm-hmm. year, you mm-hmm. know, and, and it's a fun one. It had really good reviews. I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully you can get some more theatrical momentum built this year with stuff like Renfield, because... Even the year before, he uh, wasn't it last year he did Pig as well? Was that no, last that year? That was the year ago. before. So, like, that got a lot of but acclaim. But that, that was in when, like, the vaccines were out, but, like, we still were not. You and I, at least, right, were not going right. to theaters often. Like, okay, we had been yeah. already for F9, but it was just like, I don't know yet, right? All right. So, like, it's been, it's like three going on, you know, it's going on three years now where, like, he's back in theaters. Yeah. So, like, this is all good news. Yeah. So like, his mustache. What else are you about? What about what else about this do you love? Oh man, I wish there was more. I like Clint Howard a lot. I think he's always good doing his thing. In like his he, Confederate outfit. Yeah, he's wearing the silver or the gray jacket and hat and stuff. And uh, I was like, all right, well, you know, you don't want to fly a Confederate flag in a movie these right. days or anything. So that was a subtle way of showing he's like a bad guy. Um, um, the girl's good. The sheriff was good. So the guy, uh, Joey, not Jai Courtney, that guy, I thought he was pretty good. Noah LaGrosse. Mm-hmm. But here I think is what we think, I think both of us had had a problem with this movie is that like, there's not, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of scenes and they go on forever. Like, 
it just seems like they keep talking and talking and talking. And then like, okay, like we know what the scene's going to be about. Right. And they just drag it out and out and out. And that just felt a little, not that that's bad to do or anything. It just was noticeable. And I think if you want to do that, you want to make it feel a little more natural. And it just felt like people were monologuing and monologuing and like waiting. It just didn't feel natural. It, it felt paced like a Western, but again, it's not a long movie. Like it's a 90, probably without credits, probably a 92-ish minute movie, which is good. Like I, I like shorter movies, but it, it feels like when you're not really doing anything that hasn't been done before, it's hard to really kind of get behind a very slow, methodically paced. It's like, okay, so like, I, not only do we know what's happening, but like we know when it's happening because like we're running out of time. Right. Uh, like we, we paused like halfway through so you could run to the bathroom. Not to put you on blast, we we're like no. we're already an hour in. Yeah, I thought it was like, halfway through. Whoa, okay. So yeah, it, it was it was wild that it it feels like okay. So we jump twenty years later, and then his wife shows up. He's a reformed man, and I'm like, oh, I bet she's gonna die because like her name's not in the credits. Like she's not like high build. Then like you know the bad guys show up, and yeah, like, sure to get him back as a as a bad man. Like I like him when he's just like you owe me more money, and then he goes in and takes more stuff like to the dying guy or. You know, like uh, when she laughs, like the her sort of her maybe her final line is like, you know, you woke up the devil, you mess with the devil. Like mm-hmm. there are cool moments in here, but they're also like that's like that's what I expected to happen. Yeah, I just, I wish there was I wish there was more twists and turns, and yeah, it's just I don't know. Like it just feels again, like I said before, like I feel like this has been this one's been done a lot. Like it even has you know shades of um of lone wolf and cub, right? Mm-hmm, but they mm-hmm. don't really pick up on that nope. so much. Like it's got. It feels a little like um, true grit at times sure. too, you know, but they don't really go full in on that either because like he's kind of mean, but he's not a real prick to her or anything. And ultimately it was just kind of like, mm, there's nothing really spectacular about like the plot and the story. So for me, it was more just watching Cage do a Western, like being like cowboy mode. The one thing that I was disappointed by that I feel like they could have done more with, and it goes to my favorite part of the movie but Ryan Kier Armstrong, the daughter, feels alien-ish in mm-hmm. that she doesn't really know how to deal with her emotions. And so yeah. much of what she's doing is aping other people, either like when Cage is teaching her to cry like the old woman who cried when she lost her husband or her son or whatever. Or like just like it seems like she's doing stuff like she's she repeats that entire monologue about like the, the buying the, the flower. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, And like it feels like she is. I don't know, like autistic. I don't know what she is, well, but like it feels yeah. like there's there's something there. There's something they're, they're tapping into something. They're mining something where it's like there's something unexplored with this girl that maybe she's just stricken by trauma. Maybe she whatever. Like because mm-hmm. they also have that conversation where Cage is like, I didn't, I wasn't born with emotions or whatever, and she's like, eh, kind of me too, right? Like mm-hmm. it feels <laughs> like there's more there. And in the end, it, like there's nothing. There's no payoff to that. Yeah. And I liked her sort of chameleon esque. And I think that there could be almost an entire movie there where she's almost like a con man, hmm. but they don't do anything with that. And so it's interesting to see her either. Like, I, I wish that there was one, they, they decided one way or the other. Cause I think that there was something really interesting about her, like growth through mm-hmm. the film, but it might not actually be growth. It might just be her aping people, which would be fine. Like I'd be, I think yeah. that'd be even cooler, but they don't really commit to that one way or the other. And I'm just like, I don't know what you're really doing here. Yeah. You start to see like her character emerge in the beginning a little bit when she's like separating all the jelly beans and she's got like OCD and she's like putting all but the that never comes in. back. But that's the thing. And then, and then it's like develop that more. Like, who is this girl? Like, why is she like this? Because she knows Cage is a killer. No, she didn't know Cage is past, even though the mom did. And that would maybe... You know, I could understand being raised by a, a 
ex-killer, it would be hard to teach that kid how to be emotional and, and all that kind of thing. But like, I just didn't get the sense of after, after that, when they go on their journey, it's like, I don't get a sense of who she is as a character because like, she's suddenly so self-reliant or she's down with doing this all of a sudden. And she's like the perfect sidekick. And like, it would be cool if all that was, was like, watch me close, do what I do, mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. But none of that is ever really established too much. He teaches her how to shoot a little bit, but like they generally skip over all of the like survival skills kind of thing. So like ultimately, like at the end, she's just like acting like a badass. Right. <laughs> but I think like, you know, she's acting like one because she's seen one, but it doesn't matter. Like we don't know if she's hardened by the fact that she's like seen both of her parents die or been around both of her parents dying or like, and that turned into a badass or if she just like, mm. I'm only surrounded by tough men. This is how they all act. This is how I have to act now too. Yeah. Um, I do want to say, I think my favorite mo moment in the movie, and I, I know I'm like, oh, that's a nice shot, is that when he's teaching her how to shoot, he gives her a rifle that's like as tall as she is, right? And she's like struggling with it. And she's like, can I try the pistol? And then they immediately cut to them riding away on horses. And you see the back of her hat, yes. which she's been aiming at. And there's two bullet holes in there. It's like, oh, she's yeah. really good. Like that's such a, such a beautiful show don't tell in a movie where like, no offense to the, the cast and crew, which is like, you didn't do that other places. And I'm like, that's so good. Like, that's so yeah, good. Yeah, that was a great moment. And then it is kind of disappointing when a lot of the movie is two people sitting at a table with one person explaining themselves to yeah. the other person. Mm -hmm. You know, like the sheriff sits down and is like, tells the girl all about himself. Then like, and she goes, my mother is dead. It's like, yep. Okay, cool. You got it. <laughs> and then the other guy, when he, she kidnapped, when she gets kidnapped, he like tells her all about himself. And she's just like, yeah okay mm -hmm. and it's so there's a lot of that going on there's a lot of talking and i feel like it's mostly just her listening right, and right. It's, it's it's cage explaining things to her the way of the world it's nick searcy explaining to her the way of the world it's her quote-unquote brother at the end explaining the way of the world mm -hmm. and it's just like okay but like she i don't know it's it's a little frustrating in that regard and i agree like she i just think that she's so good i think she could be both the character and the actress could be the best part of this movie mm -hmm. and probably are and there's just not much more so, beyond surface level there. I think what the movie, and this this is sort of like, I mean, I, I've been kind of outlining a Western for a while now, but a long time, like, I wish this was like the movie that I've been trying to write where uh, both parents are taken out and it's just the girl going back for revenge, you mm. know? So you got like this 12 or 13 year old, you know, forging their way across the frontier, trying to take out their parents' killer, that kind of thing. Um, and I think she would have held that movie, you know? This also makes me feel like um, that that Hanks movie, the, the News of the World or whatever, didn't oh, he yeah, ride yeah, around yeah. with a girl I mean, across I the Old West? I totally forgot that was a movie, but yes, you are right. <laughs> so bizarre that, like... You know, and we just watched, not that I'm complaining, but like we've been watching Elvis movies together and like in the past few, like he gets sort of like, uh, um, like a sidekick, like yeah. a child yeah. hanging out with him. And like, this reminded me of that too. And it's like, I, I like that kind of stuff, but like, if you want to do something different, you know, and I know you want cage and I want cage here, but like, you got to take him out early or something. You got to do something unexpected. And I just think that this movie really didn't do anything that you couldn't kind of like. Right. figure out ahead of time i think the one thing this movie does really nice or another thing that the movie does really nicely that we were commenting on while watching is that it, it covers a lot of different types of western cage like it has mm -hmm. like him as vigilante badass it has him as like sort of reformed family man it also has mm -hmm. him like 
reformed reformed vigilante <laughs> right like he goes through the cycles of grief in a way yeah where it's like i put away childish things that was the old way now i'm doing things the new way and he's like no we gotta we gotta return to the old way and even though this is not necessarily the western maybe butcher's crossing will be more a mm. better example of it but i feel like whatever you want like there's moments in here of like that's what i've been dreaming about since 2015 when we started this right eight seven and a half years ago finally got at least a little of it right oh yeah and yeah. then it's just it's sort of disappointing like i don't know what i was what more i was expecting right right but like i know i i just i guess as much as i like what i got i just kind of figured if, i wish it had just be punched it up a notch you know what i'm saying like it I just agree. feels like for the first cage western i wish it was just a little grander and it just it felt like oh it's over already not that i wasn't into it but like you know, it just, it flew by too fast. And I just wish he did a little more. It was a little more uh, original on that level. Right. Because I think like the, it feels authentic. It looks authentic. It sounds mostly authentic. Some of the sound mixing is not great. <laughs> but like the parts are here. I think everybody here involved is talented, except for, you know, clearly the armors. <laughs> but like, I, I don't know. It just feels like the the screenplay was just kind of... Blah, and I, I, yeah. I feel bad kind of ragging on it because again, I haven't written any, but it just feels you know this is something that you specifically have wanted for so long. Yeah, and we were like, okay, Cage in a Western, finally, and then it's just like, oh, yeah, it's like a story that we've seen before, but not in a way that like is like, oh, they're doing X, Y, or Z. It's just like, yeah, it's revenge. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, and at least with that, like I, I, you know, if we were going to get down to that, I thought it was going to be more violent than it turned out to be too. So there's also that as well, what I I, I didn't think about this till just now, but I think I really would have loved if he was just like a shopkeeper in the old West and like mm. sort of had violence around him and like he had to like, he was never violent or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, like he was yeah. just like, he had to act because of whatever, like there are ways could you could take that. the existing parts here and I think make something more original and they just sort of didn't, which yeah. is kind of a bummer. It is. Yeah. It's just, you know, if you've seen Unforgiven, like that's the better version of this movie. I yeah, think. Well. Like, uh, well, I'm just saying, you know, like once it's done, it's done. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, anything else, any other thoughts, good or bad, about this movie that you uh, want to say? Un, no, unfortunately not really. You know, for as long as I've been waiting for Western Cage, uh, here it is. Like, this is, yep. what, this is what it is. And I'm not, it's not like I'm disappointed, but like, I'm not also kind of like jumping up and down through the roof like some other movies that he's, that, that have come across that have come across us, you know, but, um. I will say if you're, if you're into the Ryan Kiera Armstrong and I don't know, a weird thing to say because she's hmm. like a 12 year old girl she i think this is a better movie and a better performance than in firestarter i think she's she's probably got more to do in firestarter but like because i'd seen her in in black widow but i didn't know who she was but like when she's like the lead or the co-lead of a movie with yeah. zeph because like also in that one spoilers for firestarter but like it's it's been made the book but like the mom dies in that too and like it's her and the dad again so like hmm. when it's like there's two characters on screen and they're kind of on the road it's just like okay so i gotta pay attention to both these and like clearly we're watching for zeph clearly here we're watching for cage but there's this other girl who's like young and really talented yeah and so like she kind of took me by surprise there and like seeing her again here was exciting I, I think this is a better movie than I don't think Firestar is very good. I think she's probably pretty good in it. But if you're looking for her sort of like a showcase of like, you know, somebody who might be like in a bunch of movies in a handful of years, like you mentioned, you know, True Grit, like a Haley mm -hmm. Steinfeld as like a 12 year old. Like, I don't know, you know, Haley Steinfeld's great. So I don't know. Maybe this right. girl will be on the same kind of tra tra trajectory. I don't know. Well, they're both in the MCU. So they're already <laughs> part of Everybody is, right? So. <laughs> I know. That's the joke. <laughs> but they're also, you know, uh, they're in the Jeremy Renner verse, sort of, right? Because it's oh, like right. Widow and Hawkeye. And Hawkeye. And yeah. So. Yeah. Cool. 
Um, but any other thoughts? Anything else? Any other notes? Uh, can't wait for the next Western. Now he's uh, he's got one down. Let's do another. Let's let's keep doing them. And then uh, hopefully, I doubt. Oh, so I got a new thing mm. now because I doubt we're ever going to see him sail the seven seas as a pirate. You never know. Kind. But I mean, okay, but we've put that out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so what's your new goal for Cage? Space. Yeah. I thought that was good. <laughs> yeah. Like, how did I think of that before? I don't know. How has he not been there? Well, I mean, we can we can ask for space, but like F nine went to space. We got Nick. We got Tom Cruise literally shooting an entire movie on the spaceship, right? Or like yeah. a, like the. But but I need station. him on like another planet. Like I need yeah. him out in the out in the universe somewhere, like fighting aliens or doing something insane. Yeah, I mean, would be good. Would be really That'd really be good. fun. Even if he's just trapped on a spaceship, I don't care. Something. Yeah. So that'd be cool. I, I I do think I would love a musical cage. I also feel like. Yeah. I don't think you could get musical wrong. Like, I don't think I would be disappointed. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I'd be like, this is, this is wonderful. No. I mean, there are bad musicals to be sure, but I feel like. But the worse, the better sometimes. Sure. You I know? just made people watch. I picked for the film club that Joe and I run. I picked uh, Voyage of the Rock Aliens. Oh, sweet. And someone said, I want to, I want to make sure I get the, the quote exactly right. Cause I'm like, this is the best, the best description of what I'm going for at, at any one point. This person said, Thank you for bringing this movie to my attention. It is not good, but I'm going to make a lot of people watch it. And I was like, that's like the only goal, right? You know what I mean? Like, it's like movies like that and the Apple and stuff, which is like, excellent. This is bad. I mean, it's wonderful. Yeah. Objectively not good. Everyone should see it. So I, I don't know if you remember, I found a new one. Uh, people love this movie. It's not that it's a bad movie. It's got amazing music, but I caught a couple minutes of it the other day and it scared the hell out of me. The Wiz. Oh, the is that the Black Wizard of Oz, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah with Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Holy shit! Like I know, like what they're going for, but Sidney Lumet directed it. Did he really, dude? I'm telling you, like he he got it all wrong. Sidney <laughs> like, Lumet, director is, of visionary I'm, films like Twelve Angry Men, Dog Day Afternoon, and Network. Dude, it's like and one Serpico of, directs The Wiz. Like you know, no offense to anybody, but like it's like the Apple for me. Like it is just like uh, some alternate. Nightmare world. I will give you exactly one guess what Austin Wolf Southern's rating on Letterbox is. Five for. stars. Five stars, baby. <laughs> yeah, because I was always, oh, I've heard that's supposed to be great. You know, move on down the road, like that, that, and everything. Michael Jackson is the scarecrow, but like I turn it on and I'm like, oh my dear God, uh, 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 I'm sleeping with the lights on tonight. That's really funny. <laughs> Uh, any final thoughts before we pack it up and say goodbye? Uh, no, I'm good. I'm just, I hope he's got a couple, more, I know he's got a couple more coming out this year. Very excited for Renfield, but like everything else, like give it to me, maybe. I, I, I not enough new cage in my life. So, cool. well, we are recording this one in person today. I mean, this, we're, we're recording this because this came out, but we also recorded today a new Viva Pod Vegas for the Elvis film, film Fun in Acapulco. If you want to go check that out, we've got a bunch of shows. Just about a new show every day of the week, every weekday at cageclub.me slash shows. Poke around there. Mike and I both have a handful of different shows. Yeah. Come, we'll, we'll see you at least in April for Renfield. Awesome. Can't wait. Maybe we'll have another VOD thing between now and then. Who knows? Hope but, so. I don't know. But thank you for listening. If you want to write in mailbag at cageclub.me, I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. And we'll see you next time right here on Cage Club. Cage Club.